Welcome to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. I help the everyday woman grow her mindset and spirituality in her daily life in order to break comparison to the Instagram perfect lifestyle. Join me as we navigate the stress and anxiety of our daily routines and reclaim our power to cultivate our most authentic life. Let's start romanticizing the mundane together. Hi, guys, and welcome back to the Growth Mindset Gal podcast with your host, me, Allie Brooke. Happy Mindful Monday, everybody. I hope you are doing well. We are in June. It is the first Monday in June, and my brain, we are in just summer, sunshine, good vibes mode, and fun fact... Gemini season. Next Monday, the 12th is my birthday. I'm going to be turning 29. And next week's episode is going to be all about the life lessons and my advice for people in their 20s because my 20s is coming to a close. But I am really excited for my 30s. I think I'm going to be 30 and thriving. So look out for that episode next week. So thank you guys so much for joining us today. If you're new here, hi, hello. I'm Allie Brooke. I'm an educator on a mindset healing journey, just sharing what I've learned, and hopefully it can help you guys as well. And my veteran growth mindset gang, hello, how you doing? How's it going? And thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you so much for the support. It means the absolute world to me. And today we have on an amazing guest, and I'm so excited to share our guest today, Miss Meg Jarvis. Meg was born in South Africa before immigrating to Australia in 2004. She served as a police officer and detective for just over seven years, where she faced a lot of challenges mentally and physically. Having been diagnosed with anxiety and depression even before joining the force, the job just exuberated these conditions. She has been suicidal and was living a life in a vicious cycle before making the decision to break free. She reached out for help and got a mindset coach. Her and her coach worked together for over six months where she overcame all of her conditions when she realized that they were actually just symptoms of suppressed emotions. Meg now coaches emergency service workers and women in the corporate world to overcome anxiety, build rock-solid boundaries, say yes and say no, unleash unstoppable confidence, and live in their healthy femininity and masculinity. I mean, Meg and I had such a great conversation. You guys are really going to enjoy it. It's all about how to, in a healthy and productive way, emotionally release your anxiety, especially when you are in a high-stress job. So this is surrounding nurses, doctors, police officers, firefighters, but then also we're not invalidating any careers. We also talk about with teachers and women working in the corporate world that when you have you know, a high stress job or a high stress week at your job or high stress day, how could you take a moment or even when you go home, how could you release your anxiety and your emotions in a very healthy and productive way? And also learn where our anxiety at our jobs come from by kind of reverse engineering and deep diving into childhood trauma. And that's what Meg especially Um, focuses on, especially helping emergency service workers in that realm. So this was such a great conversation. Meg gets really vulnerable. So do I. And it's just a genuine, beautiful conversation. I'm just putting a disclaimer. We do talk about some heavy things in today's episodes, such as suicide and seeing some heavy things and seeing a lot of traumatic things in the workplace as well, depending on where you work and what your job is. So I'm just putting that disclaimer out there. But I hope you guys listen and you find this episode useful and helpful on your own journey. So let's dive into today's episode. Thank you so much for the support. Here we go. 
All right, Growth Mindset Gang, I have a fantastic guest with us today, Ms. Megan Jarvis. And today we're going to be talking about how to really cope with our anxiety with our daily activities and habits, but also how to cope with anxiety when we do are involved in really stressful like work environments and we have stressful jobs and things like that. So Meg, do you want to introduce yourself to the Growth Mindset Gang? Yeah, sure. Um, so thanks for having me. Um, yeah. My name's Meg. I live in Australia, in Perth, uh, Western Australia. Um, originally born in South Africa, though. So as we were just having a chat, uh, mm-hmm. my name's pronounced Megan, but you know, we'll call me Meg for, mm-hmm. for those Aussies. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. So I bit of do you want a background or sure? Yeah, give us the whole yeah. scoop. So um, essentially, I worked um, well my whole life. Growing up, I, I was diagnosed with uh, chronic anxiety and depression and that was probably mid-teens I I reckon and I was put on antidepressants as a teenager uh grew up uh always kind of associated myself with anxiety um worked in a gym for a while which was great loved it but I wanted to do more Mm -hmm. so I joined the police force and um served just over seven years in the police force as a a, um police officer and, and detective by the end of my career and um, loved it. It was great. I learned a lot, but um, yeah, also came with the exacerbation of my anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So, Essentially moving forward, I ended up suicidal at one point. And then just before I left the job, I was, I was, I was getting there again. So mm-hmm. I made a decision to leave the job mm-hmm. And I got myself finally reached out and asked for help. You know, big, big popo had to ask for some help once. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, asked for some help and got a mindset coach and worked with her for probably, I reckon it wasn't even six months before I came off my antidepressants. But yeah, mm-hmm. worked with her for six months, came off my antidepressants, like cleared my anxiety, depression, had a whole new outlook on what anxiety and depression actually is. Mm-hmm. And uh, now I coach emergency service workers and um, women specifically in the corporate world to to deal with, you know, anxiety, depression, bullying, um, any mindset-related struggles that they have uh, in the workforce. So, yeah, passionate mm-hmm. about it, love it, especially when it comes to emergency services because there's a lot of pressure. Yeah. And I can only imagine, I remember when we were talking before and, you know, thank you so much for sharing that with us and sharing your story that when we were talking before we had our meeting, you know, beforehand, and we were sharing how, you know, people don't really on the grand scope of things in their everyday lives, don't realize how, you know, certain jobs such as like nursing, you know, police officers, EMS, emergency workers, things like that. They have a job that encompasses so much stress and anxiety all the time. And unfortunately, oftentimes you're often told to, you know, bury it, get over it, move past it because you have to on the job. You can't become like emotionally invested all the time because you have to just keep going, going whatever type of job that you're doing. And I know that a lot of, you know, nurses actually listen and things like that. So what would be, you know, some of your advice to the, you know, women who are working also, you know, in corporate with nursing and, you know, emergency services, things like that. How are they able to cope with their anxiety when they have such an anxiety and stress inducing job? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. Um, So I guess one of the, one of the biggest things that I would, I would say to somebody in, in a stressful job or, um, you know, in a, in a very kind of heightened 
adrenaline state, um, anxious state within their workplace is, first of all, there is nothing wrong with feeling Mm -hmm. a certain way towards a shitty situation at Mm -hmm. work, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I know when I was a, uh, um, a police officer and detective, I was always told to that I was too emotional, that, you know, you've got to be strong and you've got to get on with it and you show this brave face for other people. And I'm sure nurses and things would be the same, you know, they've got to mm-hmm. be strong for the patients and they've got to. So what ends up happening is you end up suppressing emotion. Mm-hmm because you are told that that's what you have to do to be a successful nurse or a successful police officer or a successful ambulance, like paramedic, um, mm-hmm. firefighter, whatever whatever the, the role is, even in corporate world at a very high stressful level, you know, you've got to maybe you're at the top and you've got to be strong because you're the boss. And you. so what, en- what ends up happening is you suppress that emotion, but you actually end up suppressing it at home too. Mm-hmm. And- because you think that that's weak. Well, I did anyway. I, I don't know about everyone else, but I, I definitely did. I thought, well, you know, that would just be weak. And I used to compare myself to everyone like, you, they can deal with it. They 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 don't have issues with going to deal with that dead person or that mm-hmm. family violence incident. Why is it affecting me? So, um, yeah, I guess for my, my first point in, in, in the whole thing would be that's bullshit. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's it's a crock of shit to have to basically be strong and you're too emotional, etc. So like emotions are normal, feelings are normal, and we all have them. There's something wrong if you don't. Mm-hmm. So people that you're comparing yourself to are probably going through it too. Yeah. They just aren't telling you about it. Mm-hmm. So you're not alone. And your feelings are valid towards feeling anxious or stressed. The reason the anxiety plays up a lot is because of suppressed emotion. Mm-hmm. And I know we discussed this, but, um, you know, for me, anxiety now, the, the meaning behind it is is basically a suppression of um, emotion that needs to be released. And it's like a manifestation of that. And that causes anxiety and and probably depression too really Mm -hmm. so um first of all some of my tips in a in a stressful situation so uh, I guess when when the situation presents itself and you're actually like you're leading into almost a panic attack or your that anxiety is is coming on Mm -hmm. you know strong um my, my techniques, I suppose, um, that work really well, first of all, is breathing. Breathing is, like, mm. so underestimated. Um, but, you know, the power of the breath is incredible. So um, really, like, big deep breaths in through the nose, mm-hmm. hold in for four, hold for four, and then breathe out through the mouth for four, um, minimum three times. But that will just really slow the body and the nervous system down. Um, another one is, um, my, actually my mindset coach recently taught me this, um, is it's called havening, but basically it's touch. So you Mm -hmm. touch your, um, your hands, touch your arms, like rub your hands together, 
um, and that sensation through the, the actual motions of touching uh, also calm the nervous system quite quickly. So mm -hmm. uh, yeah, that was a recent one. I she she taught me, and it's, it's I like it's, that one. I haven't heard that one in like a really long time. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and like you know, she was saying you can just make it look like you're putting on hand cream. You know, mm -hmm. you rub your hands together as if I'm just putting on hand cream. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm not about to have attack it's all good Every, everything's <laughs> fine and I like that you also said to you know kind of to jump in here is yeah. the power of like the breath because mm. breathing can take you from the 10 of the panic attack to at least then a six and then you can get to the two and then get to the one because everyone's like how can I think about breathing when I'm like having a nervous breakdown I'm having a panic attack but breathing in that oxygen and then you know getting out the carbon dioxide it's it's putting you in your parasympathetic it's putting you in the rest and digest mode because you can't get out of the panic attack if you're going to stay in the fight or flight stay in the survival mode which is causing you to hyperventilate and heart palpitations and we need to learn how to calm ourselves down at least so we can you know make a decision of okay i'm not feeling great right now What's a decision I can do in this moment to make me feel better? Whether it's maybe I need to leave the room, maybe just I need to go to the bathroom real quick, whatever that it is. But you can't make that decision and you get you freeze if you don't take those deep breaths just to get you into that zone of I'm heightened all the way up here and everything's kind of a blur to really bringing yourself back down and grounding yourself. And I like that, yes, putting on like, you know, rubbing your hands together so it looks like, you know, you're putting on lotion. Just that like sensation can really also, it's it's grounding you because when you get into that panic attack mode, you spiral. And I always, I always imagine it like as a tornado, like above your head, like you're just so in the air, you're so detached from your body because you're so in your mind. So doing things like that really brings you back to your body and that makes you more like, okay, I can figure out what I need to do next. I remember my therapist too, talking about like the sensation of rubbing the hands. She also told me one time was to also like, if you're sitting down, just kind of put like your hands on your thighs and kind of just like, you know, place them there. And if you want to just like, you know, go back and forth just lightly on your thighs, just like to kind of also like bring you back down and kind of reconnect yourself with your body. So you're not fluttering away into your mind, into that spiral. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, that's it. Like that, that is, that's the whole thing with anxiety is you are so detached from the, the present mm -hmm. and like anxiety is always worrying about the future, worrying about what's going to happen, the worst case scenario. So that's exactly it really, isn't it? Like it's about getting yourself into the present moment and really reconnecting mm -hmm. you with you so that you're, you're out of a state of, of panic almost about mm -hmm. the what ifs and, and mm -hmm. the worst. Mm -hmm. um a really another great tool which is probably my favorite actually mm -hmm. and I I used to do this all the time through my healing journey and it was the one thing that I really noticed worked um so first of all with it so in terms of meditations mm -hmm. you've got people who are very internal so they are very in tune with their bodies uh they can be quite present quite quickly they'll notice things like their heart rates um you know their hearts beating even just mm -hmm. in general what's going on in their bodies quite quickly then you have people who are quite external so they notice a lot of stuff around them, just generally speaking but they find it really hard to tune in so so they're often people that when 
you say, hey, meditate and, and get very present, they really struggle to stay in their own bodies and mm-hmm. in tune with their own bodies, right? So there's two quite different people when it comes to um, how we perceive thing, things and then the result of meditations. So uh, people that are very anxious tend to be very internal mm-hmm. people and very in tune with their bodies and, and breathing, which is ironic because they always think about the what ifs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. However, when it comes to it, I mean, you think about that's why a lot of people, when they're anxious, they notice that their heart's racing or that they yeah. feel sick. Or they're they're sweating. Like the minute, like we know the minute we're having a panic attack, we feel it like, yeah. like, oh, okay, my heart's racing. I'm sweating. I feel nauseous. Oh. I feel like stuck. Like we become, yeah, very, because I think what, what people with anxieties, we're very hyper aware of everything around us mm-hmm. and everything, like, like you said, also inside of us too. So the minute something goes awry, especially like internal, we know it, we feel it. And then that's, we, we hyper in, we zone in on it. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So it's, yeah, it's, it's a bit ironic because it's always worrying about the what ifs, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it, ultimately we're pretty damn good at getting uh, feelings, you know, feeling into the body because then, so then, then I, now I can't breathe, now mm-hmm. I feel sick. It just, it, it goes, you know, from mm-hmm. something to 100 real quick. Mm-hmm. So I digress. My point is one beautiful tool to um, help in a state of rule like panic or anxiety is you do an external meditation and this can be done whilst you're essentially busy Mm -hmm. you can be working you can be driving you can be walking whatever you're doing so all it is is that you focus on something around you that you can see so it might be um you know like I'm looking at my plant on my desk right now Mm -hmm. and I would my head I'd say it's green it's got um oval shaped leaves it's got um you know round shaped pot which is cream in color the textures the smells the shapes how big and you do that with at least three things around you and that instantly takes you away from the internal panic and the what ifs and 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 the the future what ifs back into the present present moment right now mm-hmm. and being too internal that you you your panic sets in even further and it just gets you focusing on something else and you'll find that you'll probably come back to the thing that was making you panic but you just go back again mm-hmm. so you just it's like in, like it's like normal meditation normal internal meditation yeah when you, your mind starts going you just bring it back your mind goes you bring it back but it's external and I find it is like one of the best tools to take your attention away from the thing that you're really panicked about. Yeah. And I think that's so useful because everyone always thinks like, oh, if you're anxious, just meditate. And it's like, when you have anxiety, it's like, okay, but my brain doesn't turn off. Like that's the actual problem. So you're telling me you want me to sit in silence and just like have my mind go blank. So to us, that seems like I, I can't do that. So a lot of people with anxiety at first really back away from meditation. Like that's just not something I can do where I like that. You said the external meditation, you know, look at, you know, something around you. What does it smell like? What does it look like? What does it, you know, taste like if you could taste it, you know, things like that. Like don't be tasting things you're not supposed to be tasting, but you know, just like your five senses in general, right. You don't want to be, you don't want to be, you know, licking the pot of the plant. Um, But it's, 
you know, doing the five senses. And again, that's kind of bringing you back to the present, taking you because you're in this like tunnel vision zone of worst case scenario, future mode. And so then when you, you know, do your five senses of something external, your mind is able to shift the focus from the worry, the worry, the worry to, oh, let me look at this plant. What's going on? What does it look like? What's it smell like? And I, I even realized this too, like one of my big external meditations that's helped me with anxiety is working out because when I'm working out, I'm in the present. Okay. What's my body doing? How much am I lifting? What does my form look like? You know, what music am I listening to? That's what my brain is focusing on. And also it helps because I'm moving, I'm in my body. I'm in tune with my body. I'm not just sitting there, you know, circling in my thoughts because that's what happens is when you're stagnant, you're thoughts get stagnant in the spot that they're at. So if you're, you know, sitting down and you're getting really anxious or upset or sad about something you're thinking about, you're ruminating it over and over again, it's not, those thoughts aren't going to go away until you move your body by doing something. Maybe it's getting up and, you know, going for a walk. Maybe it is working out. Maybe you're just getting up and, you know, going to another room that's still just you moving somewhere. And then maybe you can focus on something else in that room and do like that external meditation because it's it really helps you get back down to the present. That's like the goal all the time of when you get into those anxiety modes. Okay, how can I get back to the present? And what's real? What's the reality of the situation? And the reality is the present, right? Because in the present, we can control what's going on. Control, quote unquote, right? The future we can't really control. We can't predict things, even though we think we can. And then the past already happened. We can't do anything about the past. So why even, you know? bring it up. So when you meditate and when you you know, calm yourself down with the deep breaths, you're bringing yourself back to the present because that's what actually matters. And that's the reality of the situation. And so once you understand like that, your anxiety is just taking you away. And it's, we talk about this a lot with anxiety that, I mean, it's actually there to protect you, quote unquote, that's why it's there. When it's at like a two or three, yeah, sure. But if you're at like a 10 on a daily basis, that's when it gets out of hand and out of control and it really, you know, puts a big impact on your life. I remember another thing that we talked about as well, which I loved, is the how do we emotionally release, right? So release our anxiety, our frustration, our sadness, our, us being angry and sad and things like that when we're in like a high stress job, such as, you know, nurses, doctors, you know, police officers, firefighters, EMS, all those jobs are just in high intensity all the time. And you see some really terrible, awful, like very traumatic things, like just on the job going to work. Right. And, you know, some days are going to be really, really heavy. Right. And so how can people then they see something really heavy and traumatic at work and now they got to go home to their family. Right. Mm -hmm. So what are some things such as like emotionally releasing that can really help them cope with seeing something so traumatic at work and then having to go home or just, you know, going on with their day after seeing something like that? Yeah, absolutely. So this is the the important one. I, I really think, um, you know, you can do those things in the interim to to calm your nervous system down to hopefully get on with the job that you need to do. But it's really mm -hmm. important moving forward that we um like you said release the emotions behind the things that we've had to see and do because ultimately it's a kind of is like a cycle like we the stress of the job leads to with the whole you know you've got to be strong and you've got to do this and you've got to do that 
to leads to you going home. And if you're not uh, releasing emotions, you're suppressing them, which is going to manifest, which is going to cause anxiety. So then the next day you're anxious in a stressful situation, you go home, you suppress your emotions and you, it leads to anxiety mm-hmm. and it's just a revolving door until something is going like it's 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 the, the emotions got to come out somewhere and mm-hmm. somehow so that often can lead to um poor behaviors um you know arguing with people or you know f- feeling really depressed and really down and crying all the time and crying is good I'll get there but mm-hmm. you know in a in a probably unhealthy manner when it's it, it's um ends up not not allowing you to function and and I know you know when I was a police officer I ended up having to take like three months of mental health leave because I didn't know how to healthily mm-hmm. release function and I just suppressed it to the point where I, I suppressed it and then drank a shitload of alcohol mm-hmm. to and hide how I was feeling and I I, I broke it, it's inevitable you know mm-hmm. so it's really important and I guess the other thing I wanted to to kind of cover on that um is in high s- stressful jobs not only are you seeing things that are shit mm-hmm. but your adrenaline mm-hmm. is heightened a lot so you've got like, you know, people might say, oh, well, how am I going to just stop and, and do these things? Like if I've got to respond to something, you know, in an emergency, your adrenaline will take over and it will help you do the job that you need to do, whether you're anxious or not. Like that is what mm-hmm. adrenaline is, is good for, is it just makes you do things. However, if we don't switch that off, which mm-hmm. includes emotional release work, it, your immune system goes, your adrenals go, mm-hmm. um, your digestive system uh, ends up shot because your body is constantly in a state of adrenaline and it, your digestion stops when you're mm-hmm. in that state, mm-hmm. you know, save you essentially. Yeah. Um, your heart rate's up all the time. So then those two end up, anxiety and adrenaline, kind of end up getting coincided and, and almost merged together. So I just wanted to add that in there for, for people who might be like, oh, you know, I don't have time to sit there and breathe. Like mm-hmm. I've got to wrestle someone who's running at me with a knife, like whatever mm-hmm. the situation is, or, or go and save someone in a hospital. Your adrenaline will kick in, but it's almost still an anxious state. So straight after, if you can do those techniques mm-hmm. afterwards, just to bring that nervous system back, back down and you're good um so with emotion release work you mentioned one already exercise mm-hmm. uh, it's so powerful yep um because it's essentially what emotion is is it's like it's energy within the body so when you're exercising you're moving that energy through you and if there's negative energy there from something you've seen that's upset you so maybe sadness or hurt or maybe even a bit of fear from something you've seen horrible Mm -hmm. you're just going to help shift that through your body um I with people who are in high adrenaline jobs um I actually spoke about this um on some content yesterday but Mm -hmm. people who are in high adrenaline jobs exercise such as yoga slower walk like walking not Mm -hmm. slower walking just walking 
um, and not so high impact weight sessions mm-hmm. are going to be more beneficial. Mm-hmm. When you are in a state of high anxiety and adrenaline and your heart rate's always going and you're like constantly in a state of adrenaline, your cortisol levels are going to rise. You then go and smash yourself in the gym thinking, you know, like, this is how I'm going to cope because some people can become addicted to it as a coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you go and too hard, mm-hmm. you're not allowing your nervous system to relax. Yeah. And you actually become more so, exhausted than you actually even were because you're like overworking yourself because I like yeah. that you, you brought up the whole, like when you're in adrenaline all the time, like it actually, it really affects your body in a way because yeah, like the reason we have adrenaline is because when, you know, we were early humans, we were running from threats such as like bears and tigers and things like that. So, or we're hunting and, and all those things. So our body like for like very low key shuts down for that purpose of, well, it's adrenaline. I need to go run. I need to escape. I need to do, you know, protect myself. Everything shuts down. So then when we're doing that same sort of adrenaline, but it's not in the same case of an animal is chasing me and I need to survive. It's something stressful at work, but it could obviously still be super heavy to see something at work. Our body does shut down and it affects, like you said, our immune system completely gets, I've, you know how many times and, you know, I understand like teachers, we do have stressful jobs, but obviously not as stressful as like nurses and doctors, police officers and all those things. But even this year, so many teachers actually called out sick because they were just exhausted and getting sick all the time because they were constantly in a stressful adrenaline mode all of the time. And what happened was like, if let's say we go on like a really long break. And so our body finally like comes down from the adrenaline all the time because we're just relaxing and on break. Teachers actually get sick during their breaks. A lot of them, because your body is finally in a state of like, Oh, I'm a human being and I can live. And so everything kind of recuperates again. Right. And then we become very susceptible to illness. I mean, anyone that has like with a high stress job, if they take vacation days, mental health days, things like that. I've had a lot of stories of people becoming sick because they're like, well, how come I wasn't getting sick when I was like on the job and moving around and I'm all around people and and things like that. I'm out in the world. And then when I finally get to like lay down in my bed and relax and watch a show, now I have the flu. Like, how does that happen? And it's because biologically when you're in that fight or flight that stress all the time your body actually isn't like existing in its full capacity and it's deteriorating your body like slowly but surely like there was um um uh, I forget I was listening to another podcast and it was about adrenal fatigue and I was like what's adrenal fatigue I never even heard of this before and I was talking about how when you're constantly in adrenaline all the time whether it's a job or whatever your adrenals can also get, imagine exhausting your adrenals, which are meant to like keep you like up and ready to you know go at any moment. And you overworked yourself so much because you're in so much stress all the time that even your adrenals have had it. Your adrenal glands are like, I'm spent, like I'm done. You've, you've been in too much stress, you know, all the time, which yeah. I think it's, it's just so, it's so fascinating how our minds really, really affect our body on such like a level that we don't even like think about sometimes. Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, when I was in the force, like I, I can't even tell you how many times I have been tested for autoimmune disease, Mm -hmm. chronic illness from having chronic fatigue and like not being like, oh my God, the blood test for my iron levels all the time. My iron is not 
has not always been amazing, but like there was always something wrong, always. Like I either had tonsillitis or a throat infection or um, laryngitis coupled with being tired 24 seven. Mm-hmm. And that was renal fatigue from mm-hmm. living in um, adrenaline states constantly because, it, you know, it seems like you, as a, as a police officer, and I'm sure a lot of other professions that would mm-hmm. be the same. It's not just in the job on the day. Like I used to go to pubs and bars and mm-hmm. I'd be, like, I knew who was in the place, what was happening, you know, a, a big noise would make me like kind of jump and get really reactive and it's taken me a long time to kind of slow that down again so it's it ends up being outside of, of your role too and, and maybe that means if you're you know in the corporate world or something that you're constantly checking your emails in case there's like a big project on that you really need to get to and it's stressing you out a little bit I don't know but um yeah, like I was always tested for different um, illnesses because of it. Because also, what I was doing is I then would smash myself in the gym mm-hmm. and then drink. So it was like stressful job. Go home, drink alcohol to cover how up how I felt. Mm-hmm. Then the next morning, get up, smash myself in the gym for for, for drinking the alcohol, thinking I had to you know burn the calories essentially. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then go to work and then stressful job and then drink. And it was just this. So it was like, no wonder my body was like, hey, like, yeah, what are you, you. doing? Like, what are you doing? <laughs> What's you know, so, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I guess it, 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 adrenaline has got um, a huge impact on, on a lot of different um, areas of your body, like you said. And mind, the mind has like insane effects on the body so like I've actually not shared this with anyone we have an exclusive all right go ahead go ahead (laughs) um so I'll put it in perspective for you so obviously I came off my antidepressants uh through mindset coaching and and working on my mindset and emotional release and I know I'm digressing I will get to the emotional release bit again um (laughs) we'll loop back don't worry we'll loop back uh but talking about how your mind affects your body mm-hmm. I have pretty much uh fixed if you want to say fixed I don't it's not probably not the greatest term but fixed my um cycle oh, oh mm-hmm. emotional release work mm. so I have had textbook um polycystic ovaries mm-hmm. and my whole life never ever had like a regular cycle and through emotional release work mm-hmm. and basically breaking through like anxieties and fears and mm-hmm. um yeah emotions that have been held in from childhood like childhood traumas limiting mm-hmm. beliefs about myself like I have a for the first time in my life a normal cycle that's that's and amazing because you don't even think about that either you think like everyone's like oh with fight or flight you know it affects like your digestive tract and you know um like you said our adrenals and things like that but as women we also have a, a cycle right yeah. and so we hold too yeah and it's insane how um irregular cycles are like really really common and it can you know obviously we're not doctors here but it's really interesting that to see the correlation if if there's you know with evidence of how does stress also impact our cycles 
as well. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting that you talked about, oh, you know, once I found clarity from my anxiety, I had a mindset coach, I was able to get off antidepressants. And now on top of that, kind of, you know, going through your healing journey, you healed your cycle, Mm -hmm. right? Because that's a very natural state of being for women. Right. So once you start to get a natural state of being in your mind, it works its way down, right? Your mind's all the way up here. And then it slowly works its way down where now maybe, you know, you don't have heart palpitations anymore with panic attacks. Okay. That's the heart. Your digestive tract gets a whole lot better Then your cycle gets a whole lot better because you're literally just doing like a download through your whole entire body, which is so nice to see that, you know, like we've been saying from the get-go, your mind really, it affects everything that you do and we think it doesn't we think oh we're just thinking thoughts and you know this is just our life and things like that it doesn't have an impact but when you actually like sit down and think of like why am I tired all the time why do I get sick a lot right why can I maybe not fall asleep but I have insomnia what if you know maybe like I have a regular cycle maybe my digestive tract is terrible right And it's like, okay, maybe you start fixing, you know, all like the physical things, like you go to the doctor and like, oh, maybe if you fix your diet um, and things like that, maybe they give you medication, all those things, right? But then you kind of move into, hmm, is there actually a correlation as well with how my brain, how my like mind is really affecting my body on a whole? Mm -hmm. Because I found something really interesting that I always love when I, you know, when I was reading books about it is that the vagus nerve literally is a nerve that attaches from your brain to your stomach. That's why your stomach's always called your, your, your second brain. That's why you have like those gut feelings. Like literally your brain is connected with nerve endings and the vagus nerve being like the, one of the biggest ones it's connected to every single part of your body. So it's crazy how we forget that. Oh, my thoughts not only create my reality, but it also has a huge impact on my physical being as well. Mm -hmm. Right. And once you figure that out, you're like, oh, okay. So now, now where I can start, where can I start now that I have, you know, all this information? So do you want to, so let's, we, let's do a loop. (laughs) We'll loop back. back. Let's do a loop. That was our tangent. I love good tangents. Um, So talking about emotional releasing. So what were, what are some really good examples of how people can emotionally release, whether maybe during the workday, if they have some time like by themselves, or if they have to emotionally release when they get home from work? Yeah, cool. So um, emotional, well, there's, there's a few, but really cry. Mm-hmm. Like cry it out. What do we do when we're born? We scream, we cry. It's not a sign of weakness. It's a sign of strength. So obviously don't have a meltdown in front of the patient. Like, mm-hmm. like don't go lay down with the patient and have a cry or like, you know, don't go and sit with the criminal and have a, have a, have a cry next to the criminal. But um, you know, really, when you get home, before you go and pour yourself the glass of wine, mm-hmm. go and pick up the beer out the fridge, go and sit with yourself for 10 or 15 minutes. Say, if you've got little people at home and partners, et cetera, say to them, I just need 10 minutes to just download everything from the day and go and sit with yourself, put your hand on your heart. Mm-hmm. put the other one in your stomach if you want and really feel into your body where you feel any emotion so for me I used to sit and I could feel it all in my chest or in my mm-hmm. throat 
and um, I just would sit with it. Mm-hmm. And what would happen is it would automatically start coming out in, in crying form, basically. So... Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you ever been super overwhelmed, anxious, or stressed in your life due to maybe your job, your relationships, your friendships, your family, and you have all this inner turmoil and it can seem like there is no way out? I felt that way. I remember when I was on the train to work one day and I had this super influx of anxiety and I didn't even know where it was coming from. And I would talk to my friends and family and significant others about it. But I needed something more. I needed to talk to a professional. And so I started going to therapy because I realized I shouldn't live like this and neither should you. So today's sponsor is brought to you by BetterHelp, which is here to help you. BetterHelp offers licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience. There is a broad range of expertise in BetterHelp's 20,000-plus therapist network that gives you the access to the help that may not be available in your area. You just need to fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs, and then you get matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. That is two days, you guys. Then you schedule a secure video and phone sessions. Plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. I actually used BetterHelp when I started my therapy journey. It was one of the first options I looked at because I felt like I was so busy all the time. When would I have time to go to find a therapist and then go to therapy? And I remember I took a very simple questionnaire and they matched me with a therapist. She was super helpful and useful. And I was able to text her whenever I was feeling anxious. And I was like, this is amazing, right? And I know therapy can be a little intimidating at first and it kind of feels like dating and you kind of go through the different aspects and motions of it. But with BetterHelp, if you're not feeling the therapist that they gave you, they will switch it up and find someone better for you. So it takes the stress from you with finding a therapist that works. And you can request a new therapist at no additional charge at any time. So join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. And let me tell you, from my own experience with therapy, it is so amazing to talk to a professional about your anxiety and have them kind of go through specific scenarios and conversations with you so you don't feel alone and they give you helpful tools in order to take on and combat your overwhelm, your anxiety, and your stress because you guys know we shouldn't be living like this and we shouldn't be living stuck in our own heads and we should enjoy life and talking to a professional can definitely help with us to switch our perspective and grow our mindset. You can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash the growth mindset gal. That's better com slash the growth mindset gal. That link is going to be in my show notes. And if you're interested in therapy, this would be a beautiful, wonderful first step to see if this can work for you. And I hope you guys enjoy these services that it provides. And I hope that it helps you in your mindset journey.
So I think, so, go ahead. You can, you can start. Cause I want to, I want to bounce into um, like things about crying once you're done explaining how good crying is. So go ahead. <laughs> no worries. Um, yeah. So essentially just like hand on your heart and, and really feeling it in, in your body where it is. So I, I do this like a lot, uh, not as much as I needed to obviously in the beginning of my journey, but if I have, I'm triggered by things and I just feel like crap about certain situations. I will go and sit with myself for, you know, however long I need to and really feel into my body and let myself cry. Um, it's, I, the other thing with it is you can actually go, depending on the bathroom setup at work, mm-hmm. you can always go into the bathroom and have a little cry. Like mm-hmm. even Been that there. is, mm-hmm. yeah. Even that is going to help. Like I have done this so many times in, um, you know, when I left the police and went into a corporate job where I would just be so like upset about something. And I, instead of holding it in, I'd quickly go to the toilet, I'd have a little little cry and then I'd go back to my desk. And even that small little amount Mm -hmm. helps so much. Um, Yeah. So um, that would be when you're feeling like really actually it could be any emotion however yeah. if it comes up who's crying it comes up who's crying mm-hmm. um but other really good ways is this is really good for anger and frustration for us women who mm-hmm. you know have been told our whole lives we're not allowed to be angry um mm-hmm. pick up a pillow and smash it on your bed as many times as you can pick up the pillow scream into the pillow punch your pillow like mm-hmm angry and rage sessions especially like with for women are so beautiful mm-hmm. and powerful because I like for someone like me I get frustrated with with little things every now and again and I'll just go into the bedroom and literally just get my pillow and I'll like, pillow. Oh, mm-hmm. it out punch it out and it's like just this oh like release you know you go oh I'm, I'm good again mm-hmm. so that would be another one I often find that leads to me crying as well so sometimes if I can't get to that emotion and I'm sitting with it feeling through it for a while I'll start punching my bed or my pillow and then I end up crying and essentially what you want to do is you want to keep going until you literally have nothing left like mm-hmm. cry it until you've got nothing left punch it until you've got nothing left Mm-hmm. Um, other forms are dancing, just moving, moving the body. So when I say dancing, it doesn't have to be dancing, but, um, I often put music on, dance around the house, feel, you know, I let my body move in any way that it wants to move. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, weirdly enough, you can have things like burping, um, or, and that's just like a natural way of your body kind of releasing that, mm-hmm. that emotion. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, any ver- vocals, yelling, mm-hmm. making noises, any anything that your body feels like it needs to do, let it do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, one really good one I just wanted to touch on is that you could do after a stressful state or even before in a workplace is to shake. Mm-hmm. Shake your whole body. Um, the way I like to explain this is, you know how dogs, when they shake mm-hmm. everything off yeah do that like do what a dog does and mm-hmm. you can go into the bathroom 
room and shake your whole body, your arms, your legs, your head, everything, that is a really good way to um, also reduce anxiety on set. Mm-hmm. Is break it off, or if you've just seen like a really traumatic thing and your adrenaline is, you're having an adrenaline dump. Mm-hmm. Is what it is afterwards. Just go and shake it off. Mm-hmm. Literally, <laughs> literally. I mean, that's where the saying comes from. But shake it off because that's what yeah. that's what helps you kind of like get through the emotion fast. That because sometimes you just need to like go from point A to point B. Just get take a moment and literally shake it off, as you know Taylor Swift would say. And I think it's yeah. so it's it's so important to do those things because oftentimes people associate like releasing emotion as very like negative because we're not taught to do it on a regular or even weekly basis so when we actually finally get to the point it we blow up like a volcano because we have so much suppressed energy and emotion and you know just like so much feelings all built up so then when we finally our body's like literally forcing us to release it it sometimes could come out like violent and screaming loud and and, and things like that and we don't have control over ourselves and that's where people are like oh like you know emotionally releasing that like sounds a little scary but when you do it in a healthy way and in a safe way it actually if you do it in small portions like you said it helps us emotionally regulate ourselves. So when stressful things happen, we can release it and then, you know, cope with it, acknowledge it, do whatever we do to go move forward with it. Like, for example, crying, like I would literally my most of my life, like throughout like childhood, teenage years, early 20s, I like literally never cried. And I made that like a staple. I would tell people like all the time that let me just put on do not disturb um I would be like oh I'm not the crier like that was me like I I don't cry I don't do any of that and because I was taught and I was shown that crying is for weak people like if you cry you lose like credibility you know what I mean so I would never never ever cry I would never cry and if I did cry I would do it like you know by myself like I would never let people see me cry and so I held like a lot a lot of things in And so since I didn't let myself just have that moment and maybe even cry in private or cry in front of people, whatever you want to do, whatever you're comfortable with, it would come out as anger and rage, but like not in a good way. Like I didn't, I did not, um, you know, do it in a healthy way, like punch a pillow. Like I would yell, I would scream. I would like, you know, if it was like a door, I'd slam the door because instead of crying or like punching a pillow and like doing it like in small doses, it came out in one big dose and then I had no control over it and I would just explode on people and so and I realized that um that's not a good behavior pattern to have and so I'm like okay what are the things what can I start doing how do I emotionally regulate all these all these things so man like have a good cry you made the amount of times I had a good cry at my teacher I would close my door on my planning period now just have a good cry, turn off the lights and be in the room by myself and just have a good cry because you know what? I have another class coming in and I would just cry and let it out and just be like, okay. And like re like, you know, get some tissues, wipe it off. And that way I released that emotion. I released the frustration. So that way I didn't bring that energy to my next class. Right. Or if I would come home from a long, frustrating day, I, but I take the train home. So then when the minute I got into that car and I was in my car by myself, I would yell, I would, or if I needed to do a good cry in the car, like if you're at your job and you have access to your car, like, you know what, sometimes on your lunch break, maybe you guys got to go into your car, you know, turn on some music and just like, 
either shake or do, you know, do a little dance or even cry or yell and just get it out because once you get it out then you can make the decision how do i fix this right how do i get better from this what can i do do i need to say something to someone do i need to advocate for myself do i need to set a boundary do i need to show more compassion like what what do i need to do and but you can't figure out how to make the solution to whatever made you frustrated or sad or anxious you can't find the solution to that if you don't release it because it's good. It, yeah. That's what's clouding you. That's what's distracting you. It's it's keeping you in the anger and the frustration and the anxiety. You can't do anything with that if you're staying there. So yeah. punching a pillow, like when you are, listen, you're in your room, punch the pillow, scream into the pillow and take it up, take everything out on it. And that's a healthy and safe way to release whatever thing that you are feeling, you know, moving your body, right? Dancing, singing, yelling, whatever that it is in a very safe environment, a controlled environment and doing it, like you said, in small doses helps you move past the emotion because a lot of people are struggling with anxiety and anger and exhaustion because they're staying there and they're not getting rid of it. They're not trying to move through it because the only way you can move through, the only way you can get past emotions is moving through them. You don't solve the emotion if you stay in that realm of what the emotion is making you feel. Yeah, that's it. And I mean, I, my, one of my favorite sayings is what you resist will persist. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's that like, you know, if you resist your emotions all the time, you know, like you said, you've got to go through them. You can't go over it. You can't mm-hmm. go under it. You can't go around it. Mm-hmm. You have to go through it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It can be confronting. It can, it can be challenging initially and it might feel a bit strange but just do it just do it you know Mm -hmm. like it's got to go through it to come out the other side and like you said when it's in a controlled environment you're not going to upset anyone else you're not Mm -hmm. impacting anyone else whereas if you don't and it you resist it so it persists Mm -hmm. like you said it's about how you were you know when you were yelling or I was like getting uncontrollably upset in situations where I shouldn't be uncontrollably upset, you know? So like you said, when it's in a controlled environment, you release that emotion so that when you are in maybe uncontrolled environments, you're able to function in a more healthy, Mm -hmm. appropriate way, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Because when you do it in that safe environment, like the more, like anything else, the more you do it, the more comfortable you get with doing it. So the first time you cry at your desk, it might feel a little weird. It might feel like this is so odd, but the more you get comfortable with it, the more your body's like, no, yeah, this is what we do. When we're upset, we're going to go to our room. We're going to have a nice scream into a pillow. And then we're going to figure it out because that's just the, that's just our body's natural. It's energy. We need to get it out of our system. And then once we do it, we find the clarity to solve whatever problem, you know, that it was causing. And to kind of kind of dive into, you know, us with our anxiety and like, where does it even, you know, like come from? And sometimes we always wonder like, why do you, you know, why do we get so frustrated or upset in certain situations, you know, at work or at home and things like that? So how can people find clarity in, okay, I'm feeling these emotions. I'm feeling anxious when I'm at work in certain situations. Where is this anxiety coming from? So I can understand where the anxiety is coming from and I'm able to learn how to cope with it in, you know, a healthy way. 
Yeah, great, great question. I love this part. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is what I teach. Um, so essentially we need to become observers of our own thoughts mm-hmm. because the anxiety is has been created by our own thoughts mm-hmm. in some way or another. So we often go to the worst case scenario, the what ifs, but those thoughts will be created from limiting beliefs that we have about ourselves, which will have stemmed from childhood. Mm-hmm. So it really, we need to be going, okay, what am I thinking in this time? What is going through my head? Become observers. And it is hard in the beginning because you get so caught up in it that you kind mm-hmm. of forget. Mm-hmm. But I always say to people, even if it's after the fact and you can reflect back on it as soon as you possibly can, look back and go, what was I thinking in that time? Write it down if mm-hmm. you have to. Because when we get clarity on the thoughts that are going through our head, we can work backwards. Mm-hmm. And when we can work backwards, we can go, well, why do I think that? And 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 you've really got to, you've almost got to coach yourself or ask yourself some questions like, is this true? Mm-hmm. Why do I think this? Where is the evidence that this is going to happen? Mm-hmm. And if it does happen, am I going to die? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's um, I'm trying to think of, of um, an example without going too in depth with it. So I also teach, I'm an NLP uh, master mm-hmm. coach mm-hmm. and I teach timeline therapy feels mm-hmm. limiting belief Ooh, um, so it's really- like basically like reverse engineering like where your anxiety is coming from and like working backwards yeah mm-hmm. yeah, yeah so you just want to if you're in those moments it's um it's really important to notice so like if you're in the corporate world you might get anxious about um a meeting maybe your manager said hey like I need to have a meeting with you and you've instantly gone into this state of like oh, I'm, I'm getting I'm fired shit. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah that's it so you've really then got to say to yourself, if we use that um, example, like, okay, what's going through my head? I'm thinking, oh my God, I'm going to get sacked. I'm, I'm going to get fired. I'm, you know, they're not going to keep me. I've done something wrong. And and then you've got to challenge your own thoughts. Well, why? Mm-hmm. Where is the evidence that that's going to happen? And what if, what if it's not? What if everything else is really good? So another uh, game my old coach and I used to play is the what if, but on the positive side. So mm-hmm. what if get a promotion what if they tell me how good I am at my job what if and you you swap that around um to to the the positives but it's all about becoming very very aware of the things that you're saying to yourself and the thoughts that you're telling yourself um a lot of people unfortunately have this burning belief within themselves that they're not good enough or that people Mm -hmm. don't like them Mm -hmm. so um when things can get stressful in in the workplace, a lot of people will start thinking maybe I made the wrong decision. I mean, I'm thinking even as a detective, you know, maybe I made the wrong call and I'm gonna mm. people aren't gonna like me for it, or I shouldn't have done this, or I shouldn't have done that. And it's really about learning to have true self love for yourself. That you don't really care what people think of you as long as you do your job properly and you're doing it safely and well. Who cares whether someone likes you or not? And that true self-love comes with 
this emotional release work and really accepting you for you because every part of you is so imperfectly perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like so that onset, it's it's really going back and challenging your thoughts and your beliefs that you have about yourself. Mm-hmm. I love that whole reframing part of like reframing the okay there's the what is but like on the good side because where our anxiety always takes us because our anxiety is always trying to protect us so it's always thinking of worst case scenario well what if this happens okay so if worst case scenario happens I'll be quote unquote prepared for it right that's why we do that but shifting mm-hmm. Because you're not really changing. Because, you know, sometimes with anxiety, like that, our brain is just, it's over, overacting all the time and overthinking. So, okay, let's use that to our advantage. Let's overthink the positive things, right? Let's reframe and say, okay, what good things can come from going into that meeting, like you said? And it's really mm-hmm. interesting when you work with someone um, and journaling too. I, I what, The ways I kind of like reverse engineered to where like my own anxiety was coming from was um, I did it with, you know, I talked about it with my therapist. And then I also did a lot of journaling prompts. Okay. Like where, okay, what's one of my most limiting beliefs. And one of it was like, I'm not good enough. Right. That was like a big one. Mm -hmm. So then I was like, okay, but where is that coming from? Like go back to your childhood. Was it your family making you feel like that? Was it the school, like teachers making you feel like that? Was it your, was it your friends making you think of it? Where is it coming from? And it's like, is it true? Is this true? Because look at everything that you've done right? Look at all your accomplishments. Clearly you're good enough. You're here, right? Like obviously you're doing well. And so definitely doing either journaling, or if you can have maybe even a back and forth with either a professional, whether it's a coach, whether it's a therapist or like a really trusted friend and being like, okay, let me work through this. Where are these narratives coming from? Another big thing I learned, which was so, that's such a breakthrough was, um, I was talking with my therapist about like really great work ethic. And that was something like I really like, strived on. I was like, I have great work ethic. And um, from that conversation, I forget how it went, but I remember, I'll always remember how she said it. She was like, have you ever considered yourself like a perfectionist? And I was like, me? I was like, no, I don't, I don't think I've ever see, thought of myself as, you know, a perfectionist. And she was like, well, why do you always think you have such like a fantastic work ethic and you never want to do anything wrong and you're always doing what you think you're quote unquote like supposed to do. You're always the good girl. You always followed the rules. Where did that come from to always be like perfect all the time? And I was like, oh. And so like once you have that, like then wow, we're diving deeper now, we're getting deeper and deeper and deeper. And then I realized that it was because, and I spoke about this before on, you know, previous episodes with just me, you know, by myself is I realized that the reason I was such like a perfectionist or the high work ethic and always being the good girl was because I was the younger sibling and my sister was the one always making, you know, and she's a great person, but she was the one that was like making the mistakes and and my parents would always tell me, oh, don't be like your sister. Don't make the same mistakes your sister did and all those things. So I was, I internalized, I'm not allowed to make mistakes because my sister makes the mistakes. I don't, I need to learn from my sister. So now as an adult, I'm like, I cannot make mistakes. Like I'm the good one. I'm the one that always does the right thing. I always, I always know what's going on. I'm always prepared and I'm like reliable and like all of those things. And then once you figure out that's where like a lot of my anxiety was coming from, then you're able to like give yourself a lot of grace. Once you start to like find the clarity and where things are coming from, you start to realize like, oh, I'm creating the stories based on what people have told me. It's not what I actually think about myself. It's what I fear others think about me. And then you go. And what meaning 
Mm-hmm. Like what meaning is giving the situation? Mm-hmm. Like you're, you, you give every situation a meaning. Mm-hmm. Like that's up to you. Mm-hmm. That that's completely up to you. Yeah, you because we we I mean we get you know some people get told that they've got to go to university to have a good job and they they grow up with that so they think that if they don't go to university and get a degree and and get a job out of university a university degree that they are not good enough. Mm-hmm. But why? Yeah, where does that? Yeah, even- that's a meaning. That, yeah, that that that's a meaning that they've it stemmed from childhood and like you said, you know, when you actually re- like look back, you go well where what time have I felt this way? And that's a really beautiful thing when you're sitting in trying to do that emotional release work. Sometimes if you put your hand on your heart, you go, where can I feel in my body? And then you say to yourself, where have I felt this in my body as a child? Mm-hmm. You're relating to the same type of mm-hmm. And that'll, like your unconscious mind, you've just got to trust the unconscious mind, but your unconscious mind will bring up a memory that you might not even have conscious mm-hmm. memory of at the time. For you to heal um and like you said like journaling prompts to get there is amazing but it's sometimes when you're in a real deep state of anxiety mm-hmm. depression having like a coach or a therapist or someone there to to get you there is um mm-hmm. almost needed it's hard yeah. to do that work on your own it is it's we could talk hours on this topic but mm-hmm. um yeah it's, it's sometimes just so so beneficial to have someone walk you through it um mm-hmm. especially someone who's like it. not biased too like that's what i'm saying like a coach or like a therapist because a trusted friend is great but so they'll have like a little bit of a bias about things so yeah definitely if you yeah. really want to get into like the deep stuff like that definitely talking to a coach or a therapist is just like at least the first yeah. step to open the door so then talking to someone and going through the deep roots of it all and then slowly mm-hmm. but surely you're able to kind of like put the puzzle pieces together like on your own but if you're like going into this like with nothing like square one having a coach and a therapist is really like the the starting point if you want to get into the deep dive of things like that yeah yeah um and also if you do find that time you know that maybe you've reflected on you've gone oh my god I felt like that when you know this kid said something to me as a child Mm -hmm. reflecting on it like is that true yes but also what are the learnings in that situation Mm -hmm. yeah learning negative positive mm-hmm. um when you can look at what the main positive learnings were so like I had a, a kid's mum once um tell me I was a bitch and that none of the girls at school liked me and I've <gasps> had like trust issues <sighs> since I was 10 so mean. um looking I know, looking back at that um you know that that had a massive impact on my whole life and but looking back at that I can now reflect on it and go what are the positive learnings that I was perfect just as I was the mum was upset and disgruntled because her her kid and I had had a fight. Mm-hmm. Um, she wanted the issues to, mm-hmm. to be saying that. Mm-hmm. Um, there was nothing with me. I was hurt. Like I was fine. There was nothing wrong with me. And it wasn't true. The girls at school didn't hate me. They didn't think I was a bitch. Mm-hmm. It wasn't true. Mm-hmm. And that I'm strong and that I'm, I'll stand up for myself. Mm-hmm. There you go. They're positive. You know, so it's really about going back and going, what did, what was, what was the universe trying to teach me in that moment that my body reacted to in a different way and I created a different meaning about it, which has led into a different limiting belief that I've had about myself for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and once you, once you can do that and you release the emotions around that, you just, you, you're golden. Yeah, you figure it out. Closer to, to, 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Yeah. And that's just a beautiful point to end on where it's like, life's going to happen to you, right? It, but it's going to be how you respond to life rather than how do you react to life? Because there's yeah. there's things we can control in this life. We can control how we respond to situations and life's just going to throw us really great seasons. It's going to throw us really dark seasons as well. And it's up to us to, you know, navigate through them and learn how to respond in healthy and, you know, well, I'm trying to think of the word healthy and like, yeah, product. That's the word healthy and like productive ways to move through those different situations. So Meg, thank yeah. you so much for joining us today. This was such a great conversation. I had so much fun. I'm like, oh, it's 7.04. <laughs> we, uh, I told you an hour and I was like, I want to respect your time. Um, and I was like, oh, it's 7.04. We got to, we got to wrap this up, put a pretty bow on it. So this was such a great conversation. And so where could the growth mindset gang find you, follow you, all those great things? Yeah, so I'm on uh, Instagram and I'm also on Facebook and my link to my um, kind of webpage is on both Instagram and Facebook. Um, emergency service workers have also, there's, I've got a group, Facebook group uh, called My, Your Mindset Mastery t- for first responders. So that covers anything. Uh, um, you don't have to be a first responder. It can be a high stressful job like we've discussed today too. Um, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, and my Instagram. links. All right. Awesome. Adam? Oh, I was going to say those, the link for all those things are both on your Facebook and Instagram. Yeah. Instagram. I need to put my Facebook group link into um, probably on my webpage. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, if you find me on, um, it's just Meg Jarvis on, on Facebook. I'm I'm there and the group is on there too. Amazing. And I'll put all that information in the show notes. So, Meg, thank you so much for joining us today. And I just loved having you on. It was such a great conversation. I, I was like, I had to check the time for God's sakes, because it was just, we were just so in and it was so present and so productive. And I think the Growth Mindset Gang is really going to enjoy it. So again, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, Growth Mindset Gang. Have you been struggling with finding the right health and wellness products to help you with your fitness goals because I've been struggling with it lately. I have been looking for ways that I can grow muscle. I've been looking for ways to endure longer workouts, especially after a long day of work. And my true goal for my fitness journey is to just become stronger and be able to survive. the end of the day workout and I have found a fantastic health and wellness nutrition brand first form first form has such amazing products that really can help us on an individual level with our health and fitness goals some of my favorites that I've been trying out is the level one protein caramel latte let me tell you guys it tastes amazing and level one protein has helped me stay fuller longer I've been putting it in my coffee in the morning because some days I wake up and I'm just not hungry right away and unfortunately I have coffee and we all know having coffee on an empty stomach ain't it so I started putting protein in my coffee to help fill me up so that way I don't get that anxiety crash midday if I'm just having coffee at first. And also I've been putting in my coffee the amazing salted caramel collagen powder. 
oh my god you guys it tastes first of all also tastes amazing and I can even tell the difference between my hair skin and nails my skin has definitely looked clear my hair I've been seeing it in some mirrors and I'm like wow she's shiny and also my nails haven't been breaking you know as frequently as they do between the two weeks that I get them done it's been helping me so much I'm also been using the pre-workout pink lemonade and this has been really helping me get through those after work workouts I work from 4 to 5 p.m and let me tell you Before this pre-workout, I would be struggling after a strength session and walking on the treadmill. I would be screaming. But now, after I'm done with my strength workout, I am still pumped to get on that treadmill and last the entire hour of my workout. And also, it tastes really good. And I've never used pre-workout before, so I was a little nervous if it's going to make me anxious and things like that. But this pre-workout has helped me so much with good long-lasting energy in a workout that doesn't carry on beyond the gym it's not like I can't fall asleep at night so these products have been very inviting and very easy to use where I've always been a little bit timid of going into protein powders and pre-workout because usually when I see them they're kind of intimidating to look at but first form is such a wonderful brand they also have vegan options as well for protein powders collagen pre-workout so on and so forth and last but not least I'm also in love with their protein bars the chocolate chip cookie dough fan favorite of the house nate and i love those protein bars we put in our bags in the morning and that's our little snack right before we work out so that way because you know that after work workout we are starving so having that protein bar right before the workout helps me sustain my energy and help with my muscle growth because those are the goals so If you are interested in exploring these products to improve your fitness journey, the links are in my show notes. And also feel free to DM me on Instagram at The Growth Mindset Gal for any questions that you may have on different types of products. Absolutely love. Highly recommend. All right, you guys. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to follow Meg on her Instagram and Facebook and also join her Facebook group. She just makes such amazing and useful content that's going to be linked in the show notes. You can also find her coaching services on her Instagram and Facebook. And if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to share it with someone who really needs to hear it. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to share it on your story. Tag me, tag Meg in it. Let us know what you think and how this episode has impacted you in some way, shape or form. Follow me on Spotify, rate, subscribe, and review on Apple Podcasts. And remember, grow your mindset and look how far you'll go. I'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Growth Mindset Gang, I have an amazing offer to share with you. I have recently created a mindset coaching program. Now, if you're listening and you struggle with imposter syndrome, people-pleasing, overthinking, needing external validation, low self-esteem, indecisiveness, perfectionism, fear of failure, or lack of confidence, this coaching program can be aligned and serve you. With this coaching program, you would sign up with me for three months to receive one-on-one coaching via Zoom. We would meet either weekly or bi-weekly for 45 minutes to about an hour and really get clear on your mindset journey and 
what's the woman or who's the woman you want to become? Along with the weekly or bi-weekly Zoom calls with me, you would have a daily accountability messaging with me via Slack. So I do my daily check-ins with you and see how you're doing with your progress in between our sessions. You will also have access to the resource library that I will create where I will give you journal prompts. I will give you weekly self-reflection templates. I'll give you even book recommendations or we do a little mini book club together with a self-development book. Also, I'm going to be creating a Facebook group to also grow a community in this mindset coaching program. And if this feels aligned with you, you can also receive a huge investment discount if you are the first three to sign up with the three-month coaching program. If you are interested in this coaching program, you feel aligned, or you just want to talk to me and test it out and see if it works for you, you can click the link in my show notes to fill out a Google form to share with me what you want to work on and who's the woman that you want to become. How do you want to grow your mindset and fulfill and improve your mindset journey? And I will contact you. We hop on a discovery call for an hour and we talk about what are you struggling with right now? right? Where do you want to see yourself in three months? And I create a unique program just for you. And I'm here to be your coach, your supporter, and help you in your journey. So if this sounds amazing with you, or you just want to see and test it out, fill out that form. And when you fill it out, I'll contact you right away and help create a wonderful program to create your most authentic self. Audio Podcast Network.